Welcome to the Nourish Rap Podcast, hosted by two passionate clinical nutritionists whose mission is to educate, inspire, and empower people to lead a more nourishing life. Katie and Jessica value evidence-based practice, holistic healing approaches, and practical health advice, all while having fun along the way. We thank you for tuning in and hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Nourish Rap Podcast. This is our first recording for 2019. Yay, yeah, happy new year everybody. Hopefully everybody had a really lovely break and you're all set for a really healthy, um, a really healthy 2019. Yeah. So Jess and I are coming back to you. We're recording um, from, Bre- from Brisbane as usual. Um, so we're Brisbane-based nutritionists. And um, we're going to be talking today about reflections and forecasts. Yeah, because we, oh, I suppose every year it's really important, um, and not to get all trendy about it like, um, you know, new year, new me and all that, but just we, Katie and I believe it's really important just to sort of have a reflection of the past year and sort of look at where things are heading, especially in the nutrition um, business. So we thought we'd share that with you guys and, um, yeah, get some insight into it. Yeah. So let's start. Um, what sort of – should we start with reflections first? Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah. 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 So 2018, hey? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 2018 obviously was a huge year for you because yeah. Reuben came along in September. Yeah, that was quite a big change, yeah. yeah. But um, professionally, I guess – Looking back, I think I learnt a lot um, from clinic and seeing clients and everything like that. Um, what was it? That was my first year out in 2018, my first full year. First full year practice. Yeah, yeah, and okay. yours too, was it, Katie? Um, well, yeah, no, I was already practicing before That's that. That's right, yeah. Yeah, because I, um, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, the point of the story, um, my takeaway, I guess, and what I really learnt and I think Katie agrees with this, is um, seeing clients and things like that, what I realise is that a lot of this um, game of trying to get healthier, you know, make the changes that you need to is a lot more mindset. I found that, you know, seeing clients and things like that, a lot of the time, even up to half the time, it would be more, more sort of almost counselling, um, mm-hmm. you know, and supporting people's thought patterns and, yeah, and a lot of listening, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, that's what I really learned, that it's it's more than just food. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we get tied up in our, you know, choosing what food, um, you know, what food we should be eating and, and that becomes very, very complicated. But at the end of the day, the way we feel about ourselves um our overall happiness, um, our stress levels, um, our lifestyle. So all of those things are what's going to impact our decisions the most. So if you have, if somebody has an incredibly stressful life, um, that's, you know, that's when we see more stress eating happening. You know, they're going for sugar, they're going for too much caffeine, they're making bad choices because, they don't have the, the time or they're not in the right place to actually make conscious choices. Yeah. And then um, definitely as far as, um, you know, as far as even addictive things like, you know, really sugary foods and alcohol and that sort of thing, um, 
like stopping those habits, it, it it's less about the food itself and more about what's driving that decision. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And to an extent, I'm like sugar does have addictive qualities in terms of the chemistry in the body. You know, it it um, ignites the same patterns as other sort of addictions. So there's definitely that. But yeah, it's it's more about um, trying to manage that stress and the lifestyle side of it. Yeah, hundred yeah, yeah. percent. So I think the take-home for you guys as listeners of this podcast is that if you want to make a lifestyle change and you really want to get healthy, you can't just look at your food. Like, you've got to look at everything. So do I actually have the time and space in my life to, you know, spend a little bit more time preparing good food? Um, Am I in a position where I'm not stressed out of my brain so that I'm not going to be driven to have, you know drown my sorrows at the end of the day in two glasses of wine like it's about changing so many things Mm. and it isn't until all of those things really fall into place that you'll actually be able to maintain like a healthy lifestyle long term yeah Yeah. that's right and that's a good thing about I guess the way Katie and I practice is that we're very holistic in that way and we really see the importance of addressing that lifestyle stuff as well. And I I don't know about you, Katie, but a lot of the time in my treatment plans, I put lifestyle stuff. There's always a section where I'm like, get outside for five minutes a day or eat lunch at work outside or something like that just to help, yeah, counteract that stress. Yeah, yeah. And And even working on people's sleep and that sort of thing so that they have the energy to actually physically make better choices and, you know, prepare better food and go out and move and that sort of thing, definitely. Yeah, Yeah. so that was a really big sort of... um, uh, stand out for me when reflecting on 2018 yeah. from clinic. Yeah. And I think new practitioners, um, like, well, I know, like, looking back to when I first started consulting, probably didn't know that was going to be such a big part of my job. And it's taken a long time to accept that. And now, a few years on, I'm actually okay with the fact that if someone comes in and we don't really even mention food and maybe they have a bit of a cry and all that sort of stuff they've still left getting what they needed from that consultation and that's fine. So I think this year I really want to work on those skills so that I can really better support clients long term. Yeah. Um, And also letting go, I know, in our training and everything like that, we're always taught to, you know, give that food advice and everything like that. But sometimes in the real world or the practicality of that, it's not actually necessary. Like Katie said, if somebody comes in and just has a cry, that's actually very therapeutic. You know, um, someone's been there to listen to them and now that they've had that initial sort of let go, would you say they're really ready and receptive to take on the nutritional changes so it's like yeah I don't know it's really weird but um I think it's a very important part of it yeah Yeah. and I think that's probably the value of seeing a face-to-face clinician and maybe having you know a really individualized journey because you want to just follow something off the internet because you want to get I don't know a six-pack or something that might be okay for a month or two but we're talking like long-term you know disease prevention kind of um, lifelong habits, yeah, that's there's right. definitely value in the face-to-face, one-on-one, yeah. this is my journey, this yeah. is my coach or yeah. consultant or whatever you want to call yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think um, by combining those things, we add the most value to people. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing, like I agree with you, Jess, uh, on that reflection, but also I think... Um, 
Oh, we've talked about information paralysis before and information overload. And obviously the world is so interconnected now and you can put anything into Dr. Google and diagnose yourself with something. Yeah. But I think we are both as people and also as practitioners, we overcomplicate so many things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, I see it in professional um, settings where, you know, maybe practitioners are discussing a complicated case and all of a sudden that they've decided that this person must have certain gene defects and something wrong with their DNA and they have, you know, SIBO and they have this type of parasite and you know what, like, you don't even have to go to that level, you know, and I, same thing, I have people come in and say to me, oh, I must have the MTHFR gene defect or I must have this deficiency. And when you look on the surface level, there are so many baseline things that are happening. So they're totally dehydrated. You know, they're drinking eight cups of coffee a day. They're not sleeping. So again, we always talk about the basics, but it's still not getting through to people. We have to nail those things first. Absolutely. And then chances are, Things fall into place. You'll feel a lot better, yeah. you know. Um, you know, you don't have to label yourself with a dramatic problem. Yeah. Sometimes it's just literally getting some good sleep, making sure you're hydrated, yeah. um, eating a bit more protein, and, oh, my gosh, all the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle just fall together. And I'll add to that, I think, as well with it, um, before, you know, going into, oh, I've got, MT- I've got a gene defect or something like that, autoimmune disease, something, it also requires consistency because sometimes people can go, oh, I've, you know, I've been eating this way or, you know, drinking enough water or whatever, reducing the coffee for, like, a month and nothing's happened. But sometimes, especially if it, you've been eating a certain way for say years it takes months you know to yeah. come good so you're looking at at least three months of consistency yeah at least you know 80 90 percent yeah we live in this instant gratification society so you know if giving up coke you feel rotten for three days well yeah that's going to happen yeah but long term it's going to be so much better for your health that's right yeah. so yeah yeah no i think that's a big one and um actually like just going beyond that Um, I also think, and this, you know, I know this might sort of touch a few tender points for people, but I think another really powerful thing is, you know, we do see some complicated cases, like we see people who might have multiple diagnosed health condition and they might be on multiple medications and they're wanting to eat better and use nutritional medicine and, and move more and all that sort of thing to try and help them long term. One thing I'll say about that is... I feel like the people who come in and they're sort of married to their health condition. So Mm. it's like, well, my anemia or my anxiety or my, um, my such and such prevents me from doing this. I feel like that sort of, that sort of way of thinking doesn't help. No. You know, like we have to remember that we have so many labels these days you know, we get labelled with syndromes, we get labelled with diseases, we get labelled because of the way we eat. You know, at the end of the day, you are not your label. You are a person. That's right. And there's power in separating yourself from something negative. You know, like you could have walked around a year ago and said, well, my PCOS means I'm not going to fall pregnant. Yeah, that's right. But it was just, it, that just wasn't part of your being. Yeah, you know? that's right. So when we 
when we associate with things and we own things, I think we give them a lot of power. Yeah. And that can really just reduce our capacity to improve our health and really embrace life and basically be happy. Because at the end of the day, we all just want to be happy, right? That, that's what life's about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That yeah. was a really good point, Katie. Yeah, no, like, like that's yeah. something I've been wanting to get off my chest for ages. Yeah. And it's really hard to say that to people. Like, you know, when somebody comes in and they're like, oh, but my anxiety or my this, yeah. I'm not I'm not trying to be disrespectful or yeah. mean. It's just you've got to step away from that and go, okay, well, let's maybe not blame it on that. Let's just think about the situation instead and try and avoid that situation. Or, yeah. You know, like... Yeah, like, because yeah. like you say, when, when you attach it to yourself and it becomes a part of you, it's really hard to look at strategies to move away from it. Yeah. Because every time you try to do something to better yourself, you go, oh, but my anxiety's getting in the way or something like yeah, that yeah, rather yeah, than yeah. going... Or most people that have this condition can't exercise. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh, yeah, we don't have to, you know, you don't, you can be one of a kind. Yeah. 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 Um, And like, I think this will lead nicely into um, the trends for the year. I just wanted to make a comment that, um, you know, one thing I find a little bit frustrating as a health professional is when, especially we're in this world of social media and, even if you hate it, you got to join it um, if you've got a business. Yeah. Um, one thing I find really frustrating is there's mixed messages coming out from a lot of health professionals as far as um, we're trying to spread this body positive message and we're trying to um, associate, um, you know, eating well with long-term health as opposed to tying it to looking a certain way. And yet we still have health professionals that put up photos of themselves, they're a size 8, they're wearing yes. a bikini, they've got a six-pack, and they say, oh, look at my imperfect body. Yeah. Um, I still love myself. I, look, I'm just going out on a limb and I'm going to say, I don't think that helps many people. No, it doesn't. And it's yeah. really sad because I think that they have the right intention to, like, you know, they want to spread the body positivity um, and embracing everything, you know, all the scars and battle wounds and all that. But I think because Instagram or social media is so um, driven by, I guess, picture perfect things, yeah, yeah. they have to post that in order to get traffic yeah. almost. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it's hard. But, yes, there's definitely still that. Yeah. yeah. It's And it's going to get worse. Yeah, yeah. I just think, you know, like you're just contradicting yourself in the same message. Yeah. So I don't know, like... I mean, anybody can Photoshop a perfect photo of themselves or make the lighting beautiful, but we've got, we're just driven by comparisons these days. We just need less of that. And to be honest, I think we just need less nudity. Can we (laughs) just tone it down and like, you know, keep the lingerie for the bedroom sort of thing? Because it doesn't really be on, like, it just doesn't belong on health and nutrition platforms. And I think looking forward in trends, um, that whole comparison thing, I think, not that I think that's a trend, but I'm seeing more of it, you know, with the boom in social media and um, especially in young, the younger generation, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, it's dangerous. And I think, yeah, Yeah, that's something I see is going to get worse. Yeah. And it's so hard when you've got 14, 15, 16 year old girls on Instagram and they're very hard. You know, that's, that's just, that's just not a good thing. Yeah. 
Okay, so let's kind of move to, um, we've sort of done our reflections, so yeah. let's look at forecasts, Jess. Yeah. Yeah. So what sort of diets are coming yeah. out in 2019? Yeah, yeah. So Jess is, I reckon Jess is lucky because she's got um, Reuben to distract her, so she has, um, you know, maybe not had the... Um, exposure. Yeah, exposure. Because I, so have, I haven't had time to read what, yeah. what's the latest... But I definitely, even having the discussion with um, Katie before we went on air, just some of the things coming out, like, you get you get started because it's quite funny. Yeah, so, um, like, I think this year we're seeing a really, um, a huge movement towards um, vegan eating. Yeah. So, um, there was just a couple of things we wanted to say about that. Hey, Jess? Yeah. 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 Um, look, we've talked about common deficiencies like iron and, and that sort of thing before in podcasts. So please, you know, go back to those podcasts and reference them. Um, and there's, you know, I think it's pretty well documented now that people who are following a vegan diet need to make sure that they are getting enough protein, they are getting enough iron, they are getting enough B12, they're getting regular bloods, all that sort of stuff. But there's two things that I think we really wanted to say. And one thing is that this is as clinicians. Yeah. Um, honestly, there there are a lot of people who do start to experience problems, you know, maybe 8 to 12 months into being on a vegan diet, particularly women. Yeah. This yep. is not everyone, but yep. just something we've noticed in clinic. Yeah. So sometimes it does take up to a year for some of those deficiencies to have an impact. So it's really important that you check back in not a week after you change your diet, but six months, nine yeah. months, 12 yeah. months. And at the same time, depending on where you are in your life, your requirements are going to change. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you're trying to fall pregnant, you might need to make changes to your diet. Um, you know, so I guess the message is that if you feel amazing, like I've definitely seen some people who thrive on plant-based diets, yeah. but they spend a lot of time preparing their food. They're usually supplementing stuff. Um, you know, they're, they're very intelligent. They know what to look for. Yeah. It's not going to work for everybody. That's right. And that's what we're just trying to really highlight is that it's not going to work for everybody and it's really important just to keep checking in with yourself. Yeah. Not only um, clinically in terms of getting blood tests and things like that, but how you're feeling, you know, are you more tired? You know, by the end of the day, you're getting sugar cravings. Are you anxious? Are, are you, you anxious? Depressed? Yeah. Um, Trouble falling pregnant. Like, yeah, exactly. All these things. Yeah. Are you ovulating? This whole trend of um, have, not having a period is cool. That is not cool. Oh, is that a trend? Oh, that's been a trend for ages. No. Yeah. There's, there is actually a vegan blogger who... Um, who basically tells everybody that, oh, I haven't had a period in years and it's wonderful. Oh, no. And that that's that's not cool. So, yeah, let's not go into that because we could both get quite angry. Um, <laughs> yeah, the other thing about vegan, and I think this goes across the board, like I think if you have to follow a diet because it's trendy, that's the wrong reason to do yes, it. Yes, yeah. yeah. And finally... If you have to follow a diet and then tell everybody around you that they're bad humans and they're doing the wrong thing and they're really unhealthy, that's that's just not cool. Like no. we don't do we really want to become a society like that. Yeah. So 
you know, if you're really interested in reducing your carbon footprint and you've, you maybe you've tried going vegan and it doesn't work for you, then there are other ways you can do that Absolutely. as well. Yeah, you know? that's right. Yeah. You don't, maybe you don't have to have three cars in the household. You know, yeah. maybe you can reduce your rubbish consumption um, or your rubbish production. You know, maybe you can have a worm farm and yeah. start a compost heap and grow your own veggies and yeah. reduce your meat consumption, yeah. eat biodynamic, whatever you want to do. Yeah. But we... We've just got to be careful about this whole culture of, um, you know, it's getting quite aggressive, I suppose. Yeah. 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 Um, And the other, like, the the other trend that's coming up is this um, pagan diet. So, which I was telling Jess before, it's a combination of the paleo and the vegan diet. Which is very contradictory. When when Katie said that to me, I was like, what? Like, how does that even make sense? Yeah. And like Jess said when I first explained it to her, she's like, seriously, like... Why do we have to label everything? Yeah. Which is so true. Yeah. So the pagan diet is, um, you know, plant-based like veganism, but it can it allows the occasional um, occasional use of some meat and, and seafood and that sort of thing still completely eliminate or encourages you to keep dairy off the menu and encourages you to keep grains totally off the menu and then i've also read that they prefer that you limit the consumption of legumes to about one cup per day okay so like oh my gosh how many rules do we have so to many follow? Rules. <laughs> seriously and um like okay so an athlete or somebody who's doing okay like honestly for my level of activity yeah. um it would be extremely difficult for me to get um, enough carbohydrates in following that sort of way because I can't have the grains. I'm limited with my legumes as well. And I'm not really a high-carb eater either. Like even I do quite a lot of exercise. I wouldn't say that I eat a whole lot of carbs, but still going to be hard. Lots of thinking, little yeah. bit confusing for people. Yeah. Um, if legumes are agreeing with you, which to be honest, if you have a healthy gut, they're probably going to be fine. Yeah, and beneficial. And beneficial. Why so do we have bene- to limit? Yeah. Another protein option. Absolutely. Um, you know, we've talked about dairy before. This vilification of dairy. I guess on the pagan diet, they, you know, it's an animal product. It's yeah. You know, that's why it's limited, but. You know, you've got to look at your calcium intake, your vitamin D intake, your overall fat intake. Um, if you're gonna, you know, if you're going to um, make sh- try to make sure that you're getting enough fats on that kind of diet, you're probably gonna be eating a lot of saturated fats, so coconut products and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, that might be fine for some people. Yeah, but other people have different genes and they respond differently to saturated fats and maybe it drives up their cholesterol and yeah. all that sort of thing. So That's we're all different. That's right. Yeah. Yep. And it's just funny, Katie, when you're talking about that diet, in my head it kept coming up as, well, I could actually label that pagan diet something else called just a flexitarian. Have you heard of that? Flexitarianism Flexi- is big. Oh, yes. But they're the same thing, pagan yeah. and flexitarian, don't yep. you think? So um, flexitarianism is another thing that's actually coming, apparently going to have a lot of um, traction this year. And it's pretty much like vegetarian kind of eating but allows you to every now and then go to a steakhouse and have an eye fill it or something. And it, again, it's like, <laughs> seriously, do we have to label that? Yeah. Like, you don't have to walk around with your diet tattooed to your yeah. arm. You can just eat whole foods. That's yeah. right, yeah. And a lot of these diets are really variations of the same things. Absolutely. But for some reason, we have to put quantities on them and label them and yeah. confuse people. And then we end up with people making food a mental health. Uh-huh. You get eating disorder. Exactly. Yeah. 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 
um, keto and intermittent fasting are yeah. coming up again this yeah. year. Even more so, I feel, especially keto. I've yeah. seen a lot on social media, a lot of keto this, keto that. Yeah. Um, again, you have to look at the individual person, yeah. what the situation is. Yeah. But keto is that um, really high-fat diet. And low, very, very low, low carb. carb. Well, yeah, it's essentially it's, yeah. no carb. Yeah. Well, it's that's the way it's um, it's uh, the that's the way it's marketed. But the funny thing about the metabolic state of ketosis is that if you're quite active and that sort of thing, like you can move in and out of ketosis with varying amounts of carbohydrates, depending on how yeah. flexible your metabolism is. But hey, that's like a biochemical discussion. So let's yeah. not go into that. Yeah. But yeah, look. Um, and again, we're seeing conflicting research. We've got one yeah. article coming out saying intermittent fasting works really well. Another article coming out that says, "Oh, it's actually a, it's actually not worth it." But we're always going to have conflicting research in nutrition because you're not going to get the same eighty control subjects. You're going to get different people in different studies. They're all going to have different genetic backgrounds. They're all going to be different. It's yeah, it is comparing apples with oranges. Exactly. It's really yeah. yeah. Um. And I think, like we were saying before, Jess, at the end of the day, if we took out all the rules and regulations and all the little nitty-gritty that makes everybody get all stressed out in these diets, we could just say, you know what, we're all saying the same thing. We need to eat heaps of veggies. Yeah. Um, we need to eat unrefined carbohydrates, not white stuff or chips and that kind of thing. You know, we need to be mindful of our protein intake. Like, mm-hmm. you don't... We should be thinking quality over quantity. Absolutely, yeah. And, um, you know, nice healthy fats, not yeah. your trans fats. Like, that is the essence of most of this stuff. Yeah. We're just mixing it up and making it really hard and confusing So complicated. People. And then we look at what's happening with all these trends is it's causing that stress. Yeah. You know, we spoke about that at the beginning being a major factor that we saw in 2018. It's like... Well, oh yeah, go on this trendy diet, it's going to make you healthy, but then you're going to be really stressed because you're constantly, oh, what are the rules? What am I allowed to eat? You know, yeah. I really want to eat a sweet potato, but this diet says I can't. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, and I get that a lot in clinic. Yeah. People come in and they like they ask me for permission to yeah. eat something, yeah. Yeah. which is really, it's scary that, that, that yeah. we've created that kind of yeah. thought process. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's going to be another interesting year. And also, I think the other thing we've got to remember is all of these diets are coming out with promises. So they all come out and they're marketed by a celebrity or Mm. this particular princess used this diet. So then people tie their... They tie the diet to, oh, if I eat this way, I will look that way. Instead of going, you know what, I need to make a lifestyle change because otherwise I'm going to die of some chronic disease in five years or whatever. So, you know, I'm just going to choose to do this sort of thing and follow it consistently as opposed to going, oh, my gosh, I've got to do this. And in one month, why am I not looking like yeah. Princess, I don't know, Duchess of Cambridge or whatever it is? Like, <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. We are just, we're just, food is just becoming nutrition. Instead of, it is such a powerful tool and yet we don't really think about, we don't think beyond, um, you know, what it could do for us physically, I suppose. I almost see it as we're, like, we're putting it out there that it's so valuable, but with all these trends and everything going on, it's almost like we're devaluing oh, yeah, what the potential that simple nutrition has. Yeah, because, I mean, if everybody, like, just took the basic principles, 
oh my gosh, how like how would the world work? Hundred, yeah. Like people would be less stressed. Yeah. People would have less mental health issues. We'd probably perform better at work. We could probably work shorter hours because we'd yes. be more productive. Yeah. Um, we'd be happier. Yeah. Um, you know, like life would be, people would be less overweight. We'd have less burden on the hospital system. Like, oh my gosh, mm. some pre- president needs to get onto this. <laughs> Because the world will just work better, but that's just not the way it's going. But that's what we're here for, and I guess our aim of this podcast from the very beginning has been always to sort of, you know, just bring bring ground all this information. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, I mean, that's sort of the food, um, the trendy diets that are coming out. Um, but, like, as far as food trends, um, seed butters are going to be a bigger and oh, more yeah. available. I had, was saying to Katie that I have seen seed butters and um, a lot of recipes, because I do cook a lot, yep. I have seen seed butters yep. use, being used. So um, I'm, I'm excited about yeah. that, something different. Yeah, yeah, so, like, pumpkin seed butter and sunflower, sunflower seed yeah. butter. And, like, that's cool for people who have really big issues with nuts and everything. Yeah, and school lunch boxes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, even though that's a trend, I kind of like that trend. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, tahini is already a sesame seed spread, so yes. we forget about that sometimes. Um, and, yeah, so that's kind of cool. Look, we've got some trendy waters coming out. There that always are apparently going to be better than coconut water. So cactus water is one. Yeah. Um, I think aloe water's been around for a while. Yeah, but, that has been, you yeah. Know, it fades in and out that one (laughs) so you know like the message is pretty simple you've got to actually be hydrated by drinking water first first and foremost but like okay let's face it like all of us want something different every now and then so whether that be reaching for a kombucha or i don't know a cactus water or something yeah it's gonna be better than soft drink yeah yeah anything is Yeah. yeah But please don't fall for the, you know, the the blonde bombshell that's advertising the cactus water and then decide that it's going to, you know, if you drink it, it's going to solve, I don't know, all your dermatological issues or something like that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, So, yeah, I think that's... um, That's pretty much it, yeah, yeah. from what we've we've seen yeah yep. so that's probably um we're we're starting to we've wrapped up now we've reflected we've forecasted yeah um guys if you need one-on-one help you know we're both based in brisbane um but we do do um national and international clients by skype yep absolutely um, always an option so jessica cheney nutrition and the balanced nutritionist is what i practice under yep. so find our socials um if you you know if you like our message and please feel free to leave any comments yeah reach um, out yeah give us a rating on iTunes and if you want us to address something and talk about something just send us a topic idea yeah. email us we love hearing awesome. from you yeah yeah because um, sometimes it feels like we're talking to ourselves even though we yeah. watch our listener stats climb every fortnight yeah which is cool <laughs> um yeah. So, shall we finish on our five values of the nourish trap? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, always remember to eat whole foods most of the time. Um, get some good sleep in. Yeah. Uh, get some time out every day. Yeah. Move your body in an enjoyable way. And I think one of the most important one is, and something that was highlighted in this podcast, is uh, listen to your own body. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So, guys, we'll be back with you in two weeks' time. Thanks so much for hanging out with us for half an hour, and um, have a great day. Bye.